0: What Welcome to episode four of the Playing It Wrong Podcast. This episode welcome to the OSR. Okay, as I promised, hey, we finally got some bumper music in there, and I've probably learned how to use some of the sound effects on Audacity, so that's a good thing. Or maybe a bad thing. We'll see. So probably the first question is, why the hell even do this episode? It seems seems like beating a dead horse. This subject's been blogged about, discussed, argued about, and pretty much generally ranted about to begin with. But I got a couple ideas of why this is important, at least in the case of this podcast. First, I'm going to give some folks pretty much some broad brushstrokes on my general opinions on gaming, the OSR, and what I like, and probably what to expect in future episodes of this podcast. Chances are, if you're an old hat at the OSR, you're probably not going to really learn anything new, but at least hopefully my silly rantings will entertain you for a few minutes and make your afternoon workday go a little bit faster. Second, it's for all, well, the new people. D&D is now really popular again. So there's a lot of new people playing. I keep seeing all these vlogs and videos on YouTube of things that are old hat to anybody who's been gaming for a while. What to do with problem players, how to make a story, rules, monsters, building adventures, blah, blah, blah. These are all things that are just you know DM 101 from the old days. So hopefully some of those newer DMs players take the time and at least look at some old OSR OSR stuff yeah that's redundant some OSR stuff just to learn the lore of you know where the game came from if not maybe they might even get some ideas of how to run their own campaigns a little better even if they're not using old-school rules let's first deal with two elephants in the room first and most ugly there are the a few people who absolutely hate the OSR, hate anyone in the OSR, and anything like that. It's really beyond the scope of this or any podcast to deal with that whole mess. Just to put it simply, don't believe everything you read on the internet, and actually talk to people who know. Enough of that. Let's get on to gaming and having fun. Second, just what the hell is the OSR? Yeah, that could be a whole episode in, it's in and of itself, but the real problem is nobody really agrees in general there's a few things in common lighter rules rulings not rules and generally the older game systems Now, the granddaddy of all of course is Dungeons and Dragons so obviously so many of the OSR games come from that and that's what I'm mainly going to talk about but also there's debate whether you should use d6 uh... tunnels and trolls uh, what other old games are there? Chill, whether you want to do original Rune quest, doesn't matter. They're still old games, Traveler. But for the purposes of this, pod, this podcast and this episode anyway, I'm going to talk about old school D&D. Now sure, you can get PDFs and POD copies of the original actual rules, and you'll see how bad they are. You cannot even imagine why anyone want to try to play any of those. There's still many of them are good for reference, and the BX, the Holmes and Moldavy ones, are still really good beginner's games. Yeah, they're they're better than like uh, the little brown books. But for me, one of the best things about the LSR is all the retro clones. There are literally, I think, dozens of them. And for my taste, my favorite one happens to be Swords and Wizardry, so I'm going to talk a lot about that, but it doesn't so I've been gaming at the FLGS for a while, and, well, so I've got dice older than some of my players, and I suggested that, hey, let's do an old-school game sometime, and so I just whip out my Swords and Wizardry white box, white box rulebook, and the first response was, where's the rest of it? Nope, that's it. Well, where's the player's handbook? That's the player's handbook. Well, what about the Monster Manual? That's the Monster Manual, too, and the DMG, and that one book... That's everything in that one tiny little digest-sized book. You know, they're just just amazed that a whole game fits in that few amount of of pages, considering a game that's roughly equivalent to what they're playing now. They're used to 5e, a few of them have played 3rd edition, and a few have played other games. Now, some of the retro clones have done their best to emulate the original rules, and some have tweaked them and evolved them. And most of those evolutions I have no problem with. Some people go and live by Thacko, but for me, when 2nd edition was the edition, we house-ruled in Ascending Armor class. The original five saving throws were good, but eventually it got to be kind of silly when you were making a save versus wands just because the monster said save versus wands, not because of what you're really saving against. So even like in Swords and Wizardry with a single save, I can live with that. Anyway, back to my young, uh, young amazed players on the tiny rulebook. Here's what I really, 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 really love about the OSR. You have one rulebook, that is your core, that's your base, that's where you work from. But then there's these dozens of other retro clones where you can steal a different way to do skills or a different way of spells done. They're just little bits and pieces you pull together and make the game your own. Each OSR game ends up being a product of the GM and the players at the table pulling these things together and making a unique game and a unique experience and that to me is what's really really cool a few prime examples lamentations of the flame princess has a wonderful x and d6 skill system also has a great encumbrance system castles and crusades has what i think one of the best illusionist classes ever made crips and things has a really cool sanity system and that list goes on and on and on so in addition to all the core rule books there's tons of adventures for each tons. And, as a bonus, they're all roughly cross-compatible with no conversion at all needed. You can do it on the fly. You know, back to my old uh, gaming group there at the FLGS, I ran Death, Frost, Doom, the uh, Zack S version for 5e and converted on the fly. Now, the players don't know exactly how I did this, but I'm going to tell you right now. At first I started off by doubling all the monster hit points. By the end I had quadrupled because 5th edition characters can push out a lot more damage. I left their armor class the same. I used the simple swords and wizardry and other old school clones. Use the rule it's a 4 hit die monster, it's a plus 4 to hit. Basically, did the saving throws for the monsters of 19 minus the hit die. That's their saving throw. Doesn't matter what the DC is, they never knew the difference. They had fun, the adventure worked, and that's all that mattered. So, why do I love the OSR games? Because. They're simple to run. They're simple to play. They're still just as enjoyable as anything that's totally, totally crunchy. Looking at you, Pathfinder. There is so much material that is free or at very little cost. There be adventures, supplements, even core books. There is so much that there's out there that could be brought together to make a fun, fun game for you and your friends. That's why I love it. There's, despite some rumors on the internet, a lot of very nice people who are in the OSR. I know I'm doing a podcast, and you can't see me doing air quotes, but I just did air quotes, goddammit. Like I've been saying, roll dice, have fun, and that is the key of any of these games. And that's enough about for that rant, so it's now time for listener mail, which there is none, because nobody sent me any questions, which is okay, so I'm going to make up some questions. Our first question is from Nobody. Do you ever have enough dice? No. You never, ever, ever have enough dice. You will always buy more dice. You need to buy more dice. Different sizes, different colors, different types, different shapes. You will buy funky dice. And heaven forbid, should you get on the crack train that is Rory Story Cubes in your DM, because you will buy those repeatedly, every set you can. Somebody else didn't write, hey, you're pretty boring. Why are you doing this? Well, why not? And really, it's only the fifth episode. I'll get better, trust me. And lastly, and it technically can't be a question that someone sent in because it's a question about this episode, but what retro clones do you love? Alright, I'm going to go down the list here. I mentioned Swords and Wizardry, and I'll probably do a whole episode just on Swords and Wizardry because it's worth it. Plus, there's Basic Fantasy, Osric, Labyrinth Lord, and Lamentations of the Flame Princess. Those are my go-to starting points for great OSR retro clones. And with that, dear listeners, I'm going to bring this episode to a close. So, till then, you know the drill. Roll dice, kill monsters, and take their stuff. Oh, yeah, and have fun doing it, all right? And thanks for listening. Please visit the blog at theymightbegazebos.blog. That's theymightbegazebos.blog. And the letter B, not B, spelled out or visit us on Facebook. Just search for it. They Might Be Gazebos. Ask us questions and you might get an answer. If not, we'll just make up the questions and the answers. Remember, roll dice, kill monsters, take their stuff, and have fun. Intro music is Metal Mania by Kevin MacLeod. Licensed under Creative Commons 3.0 attribution license. Please visit his website at Incompetech.com That's Incompetech.com. Really, visit it. There's also downloadable graph paper and hex paper, additional sound effects from freesound.org, used under Creative Commons 01.0 universal license. What do you think this is, some sort of Marvel movie with a cool post-credits thing? Well, yeah, it kind of is, because, well, as of the recording of this episode, we didn't have any questions, but we're going to have some questions next episode, so stay tuned for that, and it's going to be about Katana Guy.